2: The Bengals seem to be turning the corner as they get back to 3-3. The Falcons at 3-3, though, as well. Are they for real and some of the biggest matchups? We'll break it all down on Crossover Thursday.
1: You are Locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What's going on, football fans? It's the week seven edition of Lockdown Crossover Thursday, Cincinnati Bengals, Atlanta Falcons. We've got Aaron Freeman from the Lockdown Falcons podcast and James Rapina, myself, Jake go from the Lockdown Bengals podcast to break down the biggest stories, biggest matchups, and predictions for the week seven contest in Cincinnati. Crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network is presented by our friends at Prize Picks, which we told you about it before, so much fun, so easy to play and no competing against other players, just you against the projections. You pick 2 to 5 players and if they will score more or less than those prize picks projections, you're going to win up to 10 times your money. Can take less than 60 seconds to get those entries in, so that's quick, that's easy. We Love Prize Picks. We know you well too. First time users are going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on when you sign up. If you're watching on YouTube, that information is on the graphic. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. And guys, let's get into the biggest stories in this game. The Bengals 3 and 1 in their last four games. Seems like there's some momentum building there James. Is this a really important game for this team and i'm just setting you up to drop the joe burrow quote from his press conference today
3: yeah this is no doubt about it i I, to me going into it before joe burrow talked uh just wednesday media availability it was really all about all right what is this team are they going to turn the corner that we seem to talk about now for the past four weeks or so and establish themselves as as one of the good teams in the NFL. Or are they going to continue to hang around with the middle of the pack? And they've you know got off to that 0-2 start. They've won three of four, and I think this is a a, a game where you're at home after what seems like forever uh, against a Falcons team that is impressed. So what are you going to do? And, and and how do you respond to that um, that challenge? Given the fact that you have some winnable games coming up, and you have a chance to get over 500 for the first time, uh, starting with this game against the Falcons, so uh, that's certainly, I, I think, the storyline and the mindset for the Bengals is getting on the right side of of 500. Meanwhile, Aaron, the the Falcons, did you anticipate them starting three and three? Because you know, I certainly didn't. I, I don't know how many people did, and yet uh, they find a way to to take care of business business against the 49ers last week. And I'm sure their confidence is about as high as it's been all season coming into this matchup.
0: Yeah. A month ago, you told me three and three, I would have said, no. Okay. What are you, what are you on? But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think this team is sort of impressing folks, is overachieving, as some people would call it. You know, they're in a rebuild phase. But, you know, they're, they're showing that they're not going to be one of these teams that's rebuilding and being bad um and you know you talk about going over 500 for the Bengals the Falcons haven't been over 500 in 5 years so this is kind of a, a really important game for them just to break that milestone and break that streak and that will certainly uh show folks that you know this team is ready to compete and that's been sort of their story these last couple of weeks against some of these better teams like San Francisco and Tampa Bay but i think this week sort of the big story for them is sort of overcoming some of the injuries in the secondary. They lost Casey Hayward to IR with a shoulder injury Uh, stepping in for him will be Darren hall. Who's sort of stepped in these last couple of weeks in sort of spot duty because Hayward's been sort of in and out of the lineup with some nicks and bruises. Uh, And, you know, this is going to be a very tough matchup uh, for any Cornerback, uh, let alone a backup cornerback like Darren Hall. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll get into some of the key matchups later. But, you know, this Bengals receiver group is is one of the best in the league. But I think the fortunate thing for the Falcons is, you know, they're a little beat up as well. So maybe that bodes well for Darren Hall getting his first start. But I, I think this game is going to be really important for Darren Hall uh, long term because Casey Hayward's getting up there in age. And uh, if Darren Hall can show that he's a, you know, solid, there's not m- much of a drop off from Hayward to him. And you know this could be his job moving forward uh, as the starter opposite AJ Terrell.
2: And something that I'm going to want to talk about when we get into the matchups is what is DMP's going to do with his secondary? We've seen such consistent trends. It's been such a talking point: the two high stuff. The Bengals facing, I think, the fourth highest rate of two high shells. In the NFL through four weeks, and number one by a very large margin, by the way, is somewhat surprising to me. Is is the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, So just throwing that out there, not relevant to this game. Just thought it was interesting. Another game for the Bengals where they are seven point favorites. Two, three, and three teams. The Bengals have been favored by a touchdown or near touchdown or more than a touchdown. Sorry, it's not seven points right now. Six points, I think, or maybe six and a half, but nearly a touchdown nonetheless. Would that be the case if the Falcons were for real? Or, or do you think that the market is underestimating the Falcons right now, Aaron? Because they've been running the ball so well. This is a, a period of time in the NFL where passing offenses are at, you know, lows in terms of efficiency going back a decade plus. And you're seeing defenses being more important. You're seeing running games seeming to be more important this year. Do you buy that with the Falcons? Is that the key to, to some sort of success there? Or do you think this is early season? working itself out.
0: I think Vegas is is helping Falcon fans make money this year because the Falcons have covered every game so far this, this season, they're six and zero against the spread. Uh, and so they, they keep giving these very favorable lines uh, for, you know, people that want to bet on the Falcons. And I, I think probably in the, this would probably be the last week where we see these sort of uh, lines that seem a little bit uh, out of whack against the Falcons. Um, I, You know, I don't want to, Get too far ahead of ourselves, but you know they have a a couple of s- softer opponents coming up after this week. So I, I do feel like we'll finally get a couple of games where the Falcons are favored. But I certainly think you know, bet online and in Vegas are, are helping you know line my pockets a little bit by being able to put money on the Falcons every week to cover.
3: Yeah, it's uh it's interesting because I, I think that the Bengals early on you know it's uh, they were the you know they're the defending AFC champions and you can go off of that. And now you can go off of the excitement that comes from Jamar Chase and what he did in New Orleans last week. And Burrow has his best game. And everyone across the country sees those highlights, so you, you can take that line and, and move it that way. But, look, I, I think this is going to be a tough game. And I, I know the Bengals, you, you know, you ask them, and the, the quote that Jake Lisko was uh, referring to earlier in the segment, this, this three-game stretch will determine how the season goes. And so Joe Burrow says that uh, about the next three games, which it's Falcons, Browns, Panthers before the bye. And then he got peppered with questions. Oh, so are you looking at this three-game stretch and that? And he's like, look, we're focused on Atlanta. <laughs> he was like, but we know the significance of-, of the next three weeks. And and Zach Taylor kind of doubled down on that and said, I- I- we're focused on Atlanta as well. And-, and look, they better be because this is the same team that started 0-2 and then went and, and struggled on offense in Baltimore. And so the margin for error isn't there anymore, And especially if they're going to defend this AFC crown that they have right now. And, and so they, they need to start separating themselves and uh, get above 500, and that's got to be the biggest storyline for the Bengals this week. Can they get to that spot where they're 4-3 and three going into a crucial divisional round matchup next week?
2: I'm going to throw out an underrated storyline that I think exists in this game. And maybe not underrated to Bengals fans who heard me talk about this a little bit earlier this week or yesterday or whenever it was. I think game script in this game is massively important. And maybe we'll get into this a little bit in the matchups, but this is an offense that runs the ball extremely well. The second highest rushing DVOA offense in the last five weeks. I'm eliminating week one for selective endpoint reasons, but also because the Bengals' week one it was an unmitigated disaster on offense. It hasn't looked quite that bad since then. But really good rushing offense, but there are opportunities to attack the, the passing, the secondary for the Falcons, in my opinion, just looking at what's happened so far this year. And that's obviously where the Bengals want to go in the last two weeks, going to a shotgun offense, using their playmakers a little bit more. But can, can they get it to a point where the Falcons run out of time? They can't condense the game we've, the way we've seen Baltimore and the Saints try to condense the game the last couple of weeks, forcing the Bengals to be really, really efficient with their drives. You saw the Bengals waste their first four drive against the Ravens. They couldn't do enough to win the game. They only got two second-half possessions, I think. And then last week against the Saints, similarly, it's like a 15-minute period of time over the the halftime period where the Bengals don't touch the ball. And and so you're seeing teams try to shorten games for the Bengals' offense, keep the offense off the field with the running game. But if the Bengals can get off to a hot start, which is something they've struggled to do this year, that could make that a little bit harder to do for the Falcons. So that being said, I do want to get into some of these matchups and talk about some of the keys from that perspective. So let's dive into some of those matchups coming up next.
0: And before we get into that, guys, if you're looking to pop the question or you have a milestone to celebrate, Blue Nile can help you make uh, your celebrations a little bit more memorable. Outside the Cincinnati area, Blue Nile has helped Millions of couples create the perfect engagement ring with their easy online tools uh, that will let you choose diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as setting style. Or maybe you're looking for a fine piece of jewelry that's going to commemorate a special milestone, but are still having trouble choosing. Uh, Blue now has the jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone, via chat uh, to help you find that memorable gift at every budget shop stress-free with blue Niles, 100% satisfaction guarantee. All blue Nile orders are insured and ship free in discreet packaging. You can make your moment sparkle with blue Nile, go to blue Nile.com and use code locked on, and you'll save $50 on your purchases of $500 or more. That's B L U E N I L E.com. Code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more blue Nile.com code
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Aaron, I want to come right back to you here. One of the things that's most interesting to me in this game is Dean Pease and how he's going to schematically combat the Bengals' offense. But I want to hear from your perspective, what do you think – the most important matchup is in this game in terms of the chance of success or the chance of winning for the Falcons. Who needs to win for the Falcons to win?
0: I think it's Grady Jarrett. He needs to win, right? We, we've seen the Cincinnati offensive line, they invest a lot of resources in revamping that unit, and it hasn't quite lived up to expectations. Um, and I'm looking at Grady Jarrett, who's been sort of a man possessed this year. Uh, he had a quiet Afternoon against the 49ers, but fortunately, their second-round draft pick, Arnold Epichetti, had a big day, uh, providing a lot of the pressure for the team to offset that. But every other week, Grady Jarrett has made sort of the key play. Uh, Unfortunately, one of those plays in the fourth quarter against the Bucs didn't count. Uh, Shout out to the refs. Uh, But he has seemingly made the big play, uh, particularly late in in several of the games against Seattle, against Cleveland, that sort of sealed the win, uh, getting a sack on sort of a late Fourth quarter drive to prevent uh, the opposing team uh, from moving down the field and, uh, you know, was really impactful uh, outside uh, of, you know, that or was impactful, uh, including in that fourth quarter against uh, Tampa Bay, but unfortunately it didn't count. But I, I think going up against uh, Cordell Volson, uh, the Bengals left guard, who I understand has not uh, been great along with several others, I think if the Falcons' pass rush is going to slow. Uh, down this Bengals offense given some of the concerns that the Falcons have in the secondary you got to win up front to make it easier for those guys in the back end so I think Grady Jarrett uh, sort of having another big day uh, is going to be the key matchup to keep an eye on
2: yeah I I agree quick follow-up about Grady Jarrett real quick James I'm just curious Aaron if you've noticed any uh, tendencies as far as which side he's been more effective from at three tech or is it similar regardless of side for him.
0: They, they're they moving him around a lot. He, he spent a lot of time at nose tackle, but primarily he kind of rushes uh, from their right side going up against that left guard. That's usually where okay. sort of they, they like him uh, in those sort of uh, four man fronts and, and nickel pass situations. So I think it'll be probably the left guard Volson that he faces a lot, but you'll probably also see a healthy amount of him going up against Ted Karras. I'm sure. Uh, the Bengals would like to see Alex Kappa go up against Kappa from his days in Tampa Bay, uh, back in sort of those Ali Marpet days, Tampa Bay did a really good job slowing down Tam- uh, Grady Jarrett uh, in those games in the past. So, um, you know, I think the Falcons would love to sort of get him away from that um, and and feast on the other interior guys. This is the blueprint.
3: Like, if, if the Falcons are going to win, this is it. I, I'm not going to say, regardless of who's playing cornerback, go stop the Bengals receivers. T should be a little bit better and closer to 100%. We saw Jamar go off last week, and, and so that's that's unrealistic, right? Uh, but this is how you get – you wreck the game with Grady Jarrett and and wreck the Bengals' offense and make Burrow uncomfortable early and force a couple turnovers, and that, that's the blueprint that, that happened uh, week one with T.J. Watt. That's the blueprint that happened with Micah Parsons week two. and And so how the Bengals handle – Doubling Jarrett because that's what they're going to do. They're going to have to probably uh, as much as they can uh, to try to slow him down. I think that's a, a huge key. And you're right. Uh, you know, overall, I think this Bengals offensive line has been underwhelming, but they've played their best the past two weeks mm-hmm. and continued to, to make strides. And so it's it's an interesting test now because it's the interior. It's probably going to be Volson, who on paper is obviously the weak link. He's a fourth-round rookie from North Dakota State, right, from one A all the way to the NFL and starting. And, and so, yeah, I think they're going to have to try to give him help when they can. And, you know, if it's a Ted Karras, that's great. If it's Kappa having to deal with him on the right side, that's great. But that's a, when you look at the way the Falcons win this game and or at least slow down the Bengals' offense – I think it's that. I think it's Grady Jarrett just being a wrecking ball in the middle, which uh, on the flip side, the Bengals don't have their wrecking ball in the middle and DJ Reader, which is, is going to make an impact when it comes to slowing down that
2: uh, Atlanta rushing attack. I don't really see how the Bengals slow down this rushing attack. Logan Wilson, I know Zach Taylor called him day-to-day. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN also reporting that it's going to be two to five weeks for him, yeah. so I would be surprised Honestly, James, I know you saw him in the locker room, but I, I feel like Zach Taylor's playing coy here.
3: Yeah, probably. I mean, so Logan Wilson was on the ground for what two minutes of real time with that shoulder injury on on Sunday and reaggravated uh, his surgically repaired shoulder. Uh, for the Falcons fans, uh, you know, listening that that aren't aware of it, he did have pretty good range of motion and went through re- you know a lot of, a lot of different workouts on the rehab field, a lot of agility stuff and things like that, but doing that and running and even moving your arms up and down is much different than wrapping up a ball carrier. Mm-hmm. And so if I had to guess, I think they they feel pretty good about Logan Wilson long-term, but I don't know if he's going to be able to suit up against Atlanta this week. So you're right, they, they could be out DJ Reader, certainly out DJ Reader, mm-hmm. but you also might not have your top
2: linebacker either. And their backup no-cycle Josh Chupo, which might mean Tyler Shelvin is getting a call-up who's been... Relatively disappointing, unfortunately, as a fourth-round pick out of LSU. But he's the only other. Well, I guess not the only other. Would be the likely other. Seems to be higher on the pecking order on the practice squad to come up. But I think there's an opportunity there for the Falcons to continue to run the ball well. And this is why I think it's so important, The, the game script aspect of the game, which we talked about earlier. The Saints able to very comfortably run the ball as much as they wanted because they're playing with the lead the entire game. There's no pressure on the Saints last week to even have to throw the ball until the end of the game. And I understand, Aaron, from what you told me before we started recording that the Falcons are going to run the ball no matter what. So even if you're up 17 and you're the Bengals offense, you got to keep your foot on the pedal because while the Falcons might be running the ball, they've been doing so with success and getting back into game. So to, to me, that is very interesting. So from a game script perspective, the biggest impact to me is can the Bengals get off to a fast start in this game? if they're starting with the ball in particular. So I'm curious, the biggest win for Joe Burrow his rookie year came against P's defense when he was a defensive coordinator in Tennessee. Now coordinating this pretty, okay, I don't know, how, how would you assess the, the <laughs> defense? I Grady Jarrett we love, as, as people who love Geno Atkins, it's easy to also like Grady Jarrett. Arnold Abikati, if he starts to break out, then that would be scarier to me because the Bengals have struggled with those Dominant edge guys, but what, what's Dean P's going to throw at this Bengals offense? Is he going to sit too high and be patient, or t- is it a different brand of defense for, for the Atlanta Falcons?
0: I expect him to do to follow the blueprint that other teams have followed, which is we're going to play a lot of too high. We're going to hope that we can prevent you guys from attacking us down the field, and we're going to make you, uh, as they say, matriculate the ball down the field. And that's the bin-but-don't-break style of defense that Dean Pease has you know, uh, employed. Uh, consistently here in Atlanta it's been effective you know in large part due to their ability to create turnovers their ability to get some of those stops those late game stops where they did fall behind against the Rams and the box and three scores and continue to run the football and their defense made the adjustments to slow down those offense and prevent them from continuing to put up points and they were able to climb back uh, into both of those games so um, I, I expect team ps to sort of follow that same blueprint. Their cover two was atrocious last year uh, whenever they tried to use it. Uh, but this year, I think it's been their strong suit. And I've kind of been baffled by how much cover three the Falcons have played this year because it hasn't been that effective for them and part of me wondered was that due to casey hayward's you know presence uh given that he comes you know spent like the last five or six years playing for gus bradley maybe he was just a little bit more comfortable with that and i kind of wonder if they'll go more to that cover two stuff uh with him out of the lineup and you know obviously it makes total sense for them to do that this week and you don't want to necessarily go man to man although i'm sure aj Terrell chomping at the bit. We've been talking about this on Lockdown Falcons for a while to get that sort of revenge game against Jamar yeah. Chase and, and sort that of show the game. world that, you know, that that national championship game was just kind of a one-off because he, he did actually play really well for the first quarter and a half in that game, uh, and then things kind of went sideways for him. Uh, so I, I'm I'm eager. You know, you, you talked about the most important matchup of the game, but the one that I'm going to be paying the most attention to is when Terrell and Chase are lined up against each other. Yeah, it's
3: that one's going to be... An interesting one. This is a a fun matchup between two, three and three teams. Which team is going to get to four and three? We'll get to our predictions coming up next. But when it comes to burglars, your home, well, it's like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense you can muster. I'm talking Grady Jarrett and also DJ Reader in the same interior of the defensive line. That's like that's awesome. That's that sounds awesome to me. And simply safe is awesome because your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting-edge technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. So you always know your home is safe, whether it's the crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras or the wide variety of high-tech sensors that they have, Simply Safe. Has 24 24%, 7 professional monitoring that is going to keep you and your family safe. And you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com on NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Again, visit simplysafecom on NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, guys, let's get into some predictions here. Like we mentioned, the Bengals, big favorites at home in the Falcons, a matchup that I think, honestly, both of these teams are in advantageous matchups on offense. Just because the Bengals are constructed, I think, to deal with some of the high-flying passing offenses in the NFL without DJ Reader, that the Falcons constructed to run the ball well and have shown some vulnerabilities against the pass. So to, to me, the makings of a shootout are there. Aaron Freeman, what say you?
0: I think it will be... I think you'll see glimpses of it, right? I think you'll probably see what we've seen a couple of times now with the Falcons on the road, where they get off to a little bit of a slow start offensively. And that allows their opponent uh, to get an early lead. Like we saw again uh, against the Rams and, and the box on the road. Uh, and so, you know, that will probably lead to Bengals fans to maybe be a little bit confident if they find themselves up, you know, 14 to nothing or something, uh, you know, going into the second quarter, but you know, the Falcons are just going to keep chipping away and, and running that football. And I think they'll get back in the game, but, I do not necessarily expect them to pull it off again on the road. Uh, I do think the Bengals will have just enough firepower. Jamar Chase might get loose one too many times, or T. Higgins, or of course, I got to give a shout out to my uh, Pitt alum, Tyler Boyd, as well. Um, You know, They might get loose one too many times, and that will be just enough for the Bengals to hold on to a win. So I have the Bengals winning 27, 23, but I do think it is going to be like every Falcon game this year, go down to the final possession. uh, And potentially whoever has the ball last uh, will (laughs) wind up winning the game. All right. I'm just proving it
3: here. Uh, And for the podcast listeners, you can't see, but read that score. I know
0: my handwriting stinks. It says uh, 27, 23.
3: Okay. I just wanted to prove that because that's what I had written here as or right before we started, I was like, all right, what's my score going to be? And so me and Aaron, uh, we're in lockstep. Look, I I think. This Bengals offense, they're not going to go drop 40 on Atlanta. That's not going to happen because I I still think they're working through some things. And Grady Jarrett is a game wrecker. And, and, you know, I I think we're going to get that mixed bag where there's multiple drives, where it looks like it's really easy for Joe Burrow in the Bengals to move up and down the field. And that is, not as much to do with the Falcons defense as it has to do with this Bengals offense and the talent that they have. And then there's also going to be the breakdown where Joe Mixon fails to pick up a blitzer or, you know, Cordell Volson just can't hold up against Jared or whatever the case is. And, and they go quick, ugly three and out that includes a sack. But I, I think they do just enough here to to get to four and three uh, to turn a corner. I, th- I think Burrow played his best game. Uh, of the year last week against the saints i expect more of that you come home the bengals haven't been a great home team over the past year plus that needs to start changing They're one and one at home I, I think they get to two and one and like i i just spoiled 27 23 i think that that's uh that's going to be the score weird weird that we're in lockstep with that score Aaron.
2: sounds like there's some consensus to say the least, to understate it. We got identical scoring projections from these guys. We started the show talking about whether the Bengals are turning the quarter and whether the Falcons are for real. James, you seem to think that this is continuing the upward and in some ways slow trajectory for the Bengals, particularly on offense, scoring only 27 points against a defense that I think I know they haven't given up over 30 this year. I think there are points to be scored on this defense if the offense continues to go in the right direction and there's not a step back for the steps forward we've seen from them in the second half of the Ravens game and and last week against the Saints. Meanwhile, Aaron, similar conclusions for for the Falcons, which I guess I want to tie it back to the original conversation. I I know we talked about Casey Hayward, but is – this a, a referendum on the Falcons at all? What, what do you think that that would say about the rest of their season?
0: I don't think it would say much. Um, I, you know, I think the Falcons have proven so far that they're a good team. I don't think they need to prove that they're a great team by going into Cincinnati and beat the, beating them. Um, obviously, I think that would be a lot of people's takeaway that, hey, you know, this Falcons team, is is scrappy, but they're even scrappier because now they've won two out of the three games that most people going into the season, myself included, assumed that they would lose, uh, against San Francisco and Cincinnati. And and again, playing the, you know, the bucks down, uh, to that final possession. Um, so, I, I don't think it will say too much negative towards the Falcons because, again, as I said earlier, like they have a soft part of their schedule coming up. They got Carolina twice, they got Pittsburgh, Chicago, Washington. So, it's not as if this is a game that they need to win uh, to keep their season, you know, momentum moving forward. So, I think if they just continue to show that they can play um, with, you know, good teams, which I think Cincinnati is, they just haven't shown it yet. Um, I think that's all they really need to prove this week. And, you know, I think they have a a good chance of coming out with a a W, but obviously I'm not necessarily predicting at this point.
2: Meanwhile, some injuries to overcome when we talk about the matchups on both sides, losing a starting cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons and the Bengals without DJ Reader, without Josh Tupo, without a true nose tackle currently on the 53-man roster and losing their best linebacker in Logan Wilson. But there are still some solid players for that defensive front in Cincinnati. Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson both having really nice years. And Akeem Davis-Gaither and Jermaine Pratt, the other linebackers for the Bengals, solid players. And Aaron, you talked about a big opportunity for Darren Hall to show that he can be the starting cornerback of the future in that Atlanta secondary. But James, I think my my favorite matchup is Aaron's favorite matchup in this game. When you look at the Jamar Chase, A.J. Terrell factor going back to – Aj Terrell looking for some redemption in this one. Who do you think gets the best out of that matchup?
3: I mean, if you want to bet against Jamar Chase, <laughs> you can bet against Jamar Chase. I mean, the man's done what we've we've grown accustomed and in, in Falcons fans are used to it, right? Watching great receivers do insane things. Jamar's just different, man, and so uh, I, I'm not going to bet against him. You know, he's had a couple of these games. Uh, the the um, digs. Uh, Trevon Diggs in, in Dallas, right? That was a rematch, too, uh, of a guy that got beat up on by Chase in college. And, so, and
2: Diggs got the best of him in that one game. Uh, I mean, got the best of Chase? There are other factors, but he did continue. Micah Parsons was more important. I, I'm just going to clear out the other factor. but but I like
0: where you're going with this, Jake, so keep going, keep going.
2: No, I, I, I think Chase can can beat anybody, obviously. I mean we've seen him beat everybody. He, he does sometimes go go away for a second, but yeah, I mean we see him do it all the time.
3: The question is is it even going to be AJ Terrell versus Jamar Chase yeah, or is it going to be 2 on 1 or 3 on 1 like we saw uh yeah. at, at, during one point during that Cowboys game. And so that's the that, that's the part. And by the way, I would double him. If you could take Chase away with two guys, you do it because this offense isn't the same without Jamar making big plays, especially He's- if T isn't 100%.
2: We saw the Saints last week play this. The Saints obviously doing a lot of matching in their secondary. The Saints playing quarters-man match in their secondary. But they also had a bracket on Jamar Chase, which in quarter, I think it was quarters-man match. I was talking to our, our film buddy Mike about this, and it's just bizarre. It ends up with five guys deep in 300 because I think they dropped eight. And it just looked strange because they had the bracket on Chase back there. Team's saying – a lot of attention to him and the Bengals to their credit moving him around a little bit more I think his highest percentage of snaps out of the slot and, and putting him inside of T Higgins for example in a two by two formation putting him at, at the slot with T Higgins outside is another thing they've been doing so it'll be really interesting to see how Atlanta matches up and both of you guys agreed there's not even anything to really recap when it comes to the to, to the predictions we have the exact same score do you think it's a, a dramatic finish to the game instead of walk-off t- touchdown Aaron or is, there, or is this less dramatic than that
0: I, I think you know there's probably going to be a field goal you know Evan McPherson putting the game away or uh, young Waku kicking uh, a game winner or something like that I, I think kickers are going to matter at the end of this game
2: some some pretty good kickers in this game as well. We have you covered here on the Lockdown Podcast Network for all of your Atlanta Falcons news over at Lockdown Falcons with Aaron Freeman and on Lockdown Bengals, James Rapine and myself, Jake, let's go have you covered and we'll have game previews coming for you for the rest of the week and we'll have your recaps coming after the game with the biggest takeaways and biggest stories from those games. This has been Crossover Thursday, Atlanta Falcons on Lockdown Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals on Lockdown Bengals. And we'll have you covered on your team every day. So make sure you stay tuned here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.